Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Wednesday, May 24th, 2023, and this is day 1890 of our journey together. Thank you so, so much for tuning into our podcast. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you and praise you and glorify only you. Lord, I thank you so much for hearing our prayers and answering answering every one of them. I thank you, Lord, for uh, helping us to recognize that we need to seek your face, that we need to trust you, that we need to obey you in every way and help us, Lord, to do just that. Please forgive me, Father, of my sins and help me to continue to do what you would have me to do and to do it with great urgency, with fervency, uh, and not to lose that zeal that you blessed us with. I thank you so much, Father, for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in. Today's message is spiritual famine. We're in a famine of love. We are lacking love, the unconditional love of God. Because if we had it, there would not be all the killings and murders and hate and um Uh, selfishness and greed and all those things that are literally uh, surmounting the love of God in our world today. Uh, All we see on the news, and we'll get to that, is negative, negative, negative for the most part. We, there's some positive things, but you know, those negative things just seem to usurp the good. So God is, to me, for today's message, what God was, it was more of a him uh, just giving us encouragement and warning us of what we need to to do. And, and if we are doing it, continue to do it. And if we're not doing it to the fullest, then we need to be doing it 100%. We're coming out of 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 25 through 29. Again, 2 Kings 6, 25 through 29. <clears throat> and it's actually 24. Through 29. It says, Sometime later, Ben Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a quarter of a cab of seed pods for five shekels. So things were, I guess it got so destitute, the famine was so great that if you didn't have money, you know, you would not be able to to eat or make it. And, and, And this is what they're saying here from my understanding. Verse 26, it says, As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, A woman cried to him, help me, my lord, the king. The king replied, if the Lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor? From the wine press? Then he asked her, what's the matter? 
She answered, This woman said to me, Give up your son so we may eat him today, and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day, I said to her, Give up your son so we may eat him. But she hid, she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked and saw and looked and they saw that under his robes he had sackcloth on his body. He said, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. And really, he was blaming Elisha, uh, but it wasn't Elisha's fault. Most times, you know, prophets in those days were blamed because they were known to only bring doom and gloom. Now, my commentary says that there were three possible reasons that the king was angry and was blaming Elisha. One could be that some uh, commentators say that Elisha must have told the king to trust God for deliverance. The king did this and even wore sackcloth. But at this point, the situation seemed hopeless. Apparently, the king thought Elijah had given him bad advice and not even God could help them. The second thought was that for years, the kings of Israel and the prophets of God had been in conflict. The prophets often predicted doom because the king's evil. So the king saw them as troublemakers. Thus, Israel's king was striking out in frustration at Elisha. And then the third thought is that the king may have remembered when Elisha helped bring an end to a famine. Knowing Elijah was a man of God, perhaps the king thought he could do any miracle and any miracle he wanted and was angry that he had not come to Israel's rescue. It could be a number of things. But you notice how so often we can point the finger at someone else instead of at ourselves or get mad at someone else. And God is saying, take a look at the man in the mirror and see what it is that you are doing that's not lining up with the word or what you are not doing that God has called you to do. We can easily blame others for the fact that things are not going well. But God is saying each and every one of us needs to begin to do what he's called us to do. Point number one, have you noticed how dire and hopeless things are? How things are getting in our world? I know many people who've chosen to not even look at the news anymore because most of it is so doom and gloom. However, we choose to avoid it does not stop it from happening. Authorities and officials uh, uh, authorities and officials are clueless as to how to handle all the killings and devastation going on all around us. They're trying to handle a spiritual attack or curses by physical means. So please grab hold of that and understand that we cannot fight the spiritual war physically. We cannot use physical guns, knives, uh, weapons, bombs, any of that to fight in the spiritual realm. 
that is extremely important to understand that this is spiritual warfare. And I'm going to just go to Ephesians now, chapter 6. The Holy Spirit just put that on my heart. To, let's go there just so we understand. And, and I'm not saying you don't, but just in case, understanding that this is spiritual warfare and, and how we should fight it. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting at verse 10 says, um, you know, Paul is speaking here and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord. Okay, we're strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We're not strengthened by any laws here on this in this land. Uh, we're not strengthened by having weapons uh, like, oh, I've got 100 guns. I've got 10. I feel secure. Uh, but he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, not in our own power, but in his put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. So the spiritual forces of evil are not under our feet. They're not in hell. They're in the spiritual realm right now. God is allowing them to be in function as the, the way that they are for a season. And that means for a moment. So we are fighting against rulers, authorities, powers, and spiritual forces. We cannot fight those physically. We fight those through the spirit. And then it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, all right, after you've done everything to stand and then stand firm. So we must put on our spiritual uh, war clothes every day. And this is what they are. We stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. We should be making peace. We should be speaking truth. We should be exemplifying righteousness. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. We must have faith and that shield, we must use it to block all of the attacks of the enemy, meaning that I have faith in God to bring me through this situation. Now, this shield of faith, which with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Now, you notice he says all of the flaming arrows. So there's going to be a lot of them coming, but don't think that your shield of faith is uh, not able to handle it. It can handle every one of them. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So we must be saved. We cannot fight this uh, on our own with our own logical thinking. We have to fight it through the word of God. And in order to even apply any of that, we must have salvation. And that helmet of salvation protects our mind because our minds are so conditioned to the world's way. But once we accept Jesus, now we have the mind of Christ. Now we have the fruit of the Spirit, which are the character traits of Jesus Christ. 
uh, love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, um, you know, uh, self-control, patience. We have those nine fruit of the spirit and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Oh my goodness. We've got to have the word or else, you know what? We will be empty. <laughs> that is the, uh, the one item that we need for an offensive attack, that word of God, right? We need it and don't take it lightly. The word of God is alive and is sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts down deep to the marrow of the bone. And then he also says, see, we can kind of, sometimes we get to this and say, okay, I've got enough. No, verse eight, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. You see who we pray for, right? Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Paul was in prison and he says, pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Praying for him, praying for other believers, praying for the world right? We need to be doing these things. So we don't need to get more police, although nothing wrong with it, but we still, if we think that's all we need, that is not enough. We don't need to get more weapons, build more prisons, punish uh, with heavy fines, and, and by excluding certain people from entering our, our communities, that, that's not going to do it because of where they came from. But none of it is working. We too are in a famine, a spiritual famine. A famine means an extreme scarcity of food. A spiritual famine means without the word of the Lord to sustain, correct, instruct, and direct the people, they are doomed to wandering, wandering without direction and becoming destitute. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 through 2 says, if you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord, your God, will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord, your God. All right. He tells us what we need to do to be blessed. Now, Deuteronomy 28 and 15 tells us, what will happen if we don't do, if we don't follow God's commands? However, if you do not obey the Lord, your God, and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees, I am giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. I would strongly encourage you to read the whole chapter of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And there's a couple more that talks in very specific details about the blessings and the cursings that will come upon us if we don't obey the Lord. And even with the, in this, where I read about the two women uh, eating each other's son, they, in that uh, passage in Deuteronomy, it talks about that, that that is something that will happen because people are desperate and they are not obeying God. And so, so many people in the world 
have fallen into the trap of worshiping idols. It might not be statues or anything like that, but they're worshiping themselves. They're worshiping other people and they're putting them ahead of God. You don't hear people giving God glory or saying, let's let's all get together and pray uh, much anymore. Small segments of the community are doing that, but that doesn't mean we stop. All right. Point number two, because so many are disobeying God, because so many people are disobeying God, people are uh, desensitized to the word of God and are doing evil. Whatever fuels or whatever feels good to them at the time, uh, even taking advantage of uh, or even taking another person's life, that's what they do. But even with all this evil, God is still in control. He still loves us even when we don't show our love for him through our obedience to him. He still makes a way out for us through his mercy and grace. I'm going to read to you one more passage that it, it, it was just like, this was so important, you know, that God's saying, share this uh, with the people. So let me go to... Um, Second Chronicles, and many of you know the Second Chronicles chapter seven, and I'm, I'm getting there. I'm sorry, I didn't have it marked in my Bible. Okay, Second Chronicles chapter seven, starting at verse eleven, and it says, "When Solomon had finished the temple of the Lord and the royal palace, and had succeeded in carrying out all he had in mind to do in the temple of the Lord and in his own palace, the Lord appeared to him at night and said." I have heard your prayer and have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. And I encourage you to read on, but, but th- this, this is such a pivotal point. You know, when I read to you in Ephesians, pray on all occasions, pray uh, in different ways. We need to be doing this. We need to... Um, And you notice he's saying his people, believers, we need to step it up. If my people who are called, are you called by God's name? Yes, you are. And we need to humble ourselves then and then pray and seek God's face and turn from our wicked ways. Then God will hear from heaven and he will heal our land. Now, the word of God also tells us now, listen, twofold as a believer, All these things are going to be happening. These are the last days. It's going to get worse. We still need to continue to pray. God will bless us uh, to endure. He will give us what to do and how to do and how to maneuver through what is going on. We don't stop praying. We continue to do so. I'll never forget when we were, our backs were against the wall. This was many years ago and we were about to lose our house. My husband had uh, had to, could not work anymore, um, 
and uh, they were working on his disability. He wasn't able to get it yet. He had, he had heart challenges and things like that. And and we just got to a point where we could not keep uh, up the payment on our house. And uh, we had gotten behind maybe about three months and they were threatening to take our house. And I prayed, my husband and I both prayed about it and said, Lord, you know, please make a way and, and show us what we need to do and help help us, Father, you know. And sometimes you might think God isn't listening or he's not there, but he is. He hears you and he is there. And He, you might think he's not coming soon enough, but his time is perfect time. And one day we were at home and I mean, we were getting notices on our door, so many things. It was just, it was a dire moment. And I remember we got a phone call and it was on our answer machine. Someone, a lady named Elizabeth from Catholic Charity said, I was told to call you about your house. And uh, I talked, I looked at my husband. He looked at me. I said, did you call anybody? He goes, no. I said, and, and he said, did you? I said, no. We both were like, no, we didn't do that. We called her back and, and she told us, she, you know, she was told to call us and we set up a meeting with her and. And listen, we had tried so hard to talk to the mortgage company. They would not hear us. They Every answer was no, no, no. Uh, just very shrewd. And when we went to talk to her, um, we told her what had happened. She said, well, do I have your permission to call the mortgage company on your behalf? And we said, absolutely. And right while we were sitting at her desk in the evening, she called them. And she was just the nicest lady you can ever meet. But let me tell you something. When she got on that phone with those people, she turned into what I call a hound dog. She got so, uh, I mean, she took a mighty stance and said, I'm calling on behalf of the bikes and I need to speak with whoever it was she needed to talk to. We couldn't talk to them. They wouldn't let us, but they let her talk to them. And she said, you, I want you to work out a plan, basically, with the bikes to help them to keep their house. It was something like that. And she was real firm and, I mean, forthcoming with what she she said. We, My husband and I were just stunned. And um, they said that after we, you know, to make a long story short, maybe we met with her on three or four occasions and went through these steps and they stopped the foreclosure. And they worked out an arrangement with us because of Miss Elizabeth, her taking a stand and doing what she was called to do. <laughs> and that was, and, and when she got off the phone, she goes, okay, Mr. and Mrs. Pikes, uh, what else do we need to talk about? Just as calm. But when she got on the phone, she was a force to be reckoned with when she talked to the mortgage company. And she said, who are you to us one day? And, uh, what is it about the two of you? We're like, uh, I don't know. What do you mean? She said, when I go to walk my dogs in the morning, I pray to God while I'm walking my dogs. And he puts you on my heart. He put you all on my heart. And I was just wondering what's going. We're like, I don't know. <laughs> we love the Lord. And it just was a blessing. And I'm going to tell you, prayer works. <laughs> don't stop. She was a praying woman too. We were praying. And then the other thing was later, 
you know, maybe a year later, uh, the mortgage company uh, had gotten in trouble. They had been stealing basically from people and not doing fairly by them. And they uh, had to pay back. And we were given twenty a $20,000 credit on our home and our interest rates lowered and locked in for the term of the loan because of things they had done. And we were just, again, blown away by that. And Miss Elizabeth will always be uh, in my heart and uh, what she did for us by obeying God. And I'm so grateful to God. And I'm going to tell you, not only for that, but for everything he's done in our lives. We've had so many situations, just as I'm sure you have. So I, I beg of you today, I encourage you today to trust God in everything and understand this is spiritual warfare. We cannot fight it in the natural we must be on our knees. I encourage you to pray for our communities, for our leaders every day. I'm speaking to myself too. I need to step it up in that area. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe it in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the ultimate, to be with Jesus for eternity. I love you all so very much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. And Join us tonight if you don't have a church home for Bible study. We call it Life Talk. Uh, we will be on from 6.30 to 7.30. And the Zoom link is on the website. And also check us out on tzonekc.org to learn more about what we're doing in the community, teaching our youth life skills, workforce skills, entrepreneurship development, peer mediation, and human and sex trafficking awareness, along with DIY projects. We are grateful to each and every one of you for your prayers, your support, and your donations. Thank you so much. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day, fulfilling the purpose that God has given you, and I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.